0: Hey, Rarecast listeners, virtual registration for the 2021 Rare Patient Advocacy Summit is now open. Gain insights about the latest in rare disease innovations, best practices for advocating on an individual and organizational level, and actionable strategies you can implement immediately to accelerate change. Register now and learn more at globalgenes.org forward slash event Forward slash patient hyphen summit. That's globalgenes.org, forward slash event, forward slash patient hyphen summit. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is Rarecast. Chronic kidney diseases represent a growing worldwide problem with a lack of effective treatments. An improved understanding of the biology of kidney diseases fueling growing drug development activity. Chinook Therapeutics is focused on rare, severe chronic kidney diseases with well-defined clinical pathways. Its lead clinical program, Atracentin, is in a late-stage study in IgA nephropathy, a leading cause of chronic kidney disease. We spoke to Tom Frolik, chief operating officer of Chinook, about rare kidney diseases, the company's lead therapeutic candidate, and its plans for commercialization. Tom, thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's great to be here, Danny. Thanks for for hosting me. We're going to talk about Chinook, rare and severe chronic kidney diseases and Chinook's efforts to develop precision medicines to treat them. We're gonna spend most of our time discussing your lead experimental therapy and and the condition it's being developed to treat. But before we do that, I wanted to take a step back. Can you give us some sense of chronic kidney disease broadly, how big a problem this represents?
1: Yeah, happy to. And and obviously this is a a passion area for me. Kidney disease is actually probably one of the most underserved areas of, of pharmaceutical medicine uh, currently. Um, it's, a, it's a huge problem globally. Uh, up to 10% of the global population at some point in time will have some form of, of kidney disease. Um, and despite that fact, there there's very few good treatment options that, that are out there. Um, if you think about the current state of, of somebody who's diagnosed with with any type of progressive kidney disease uh, most often what 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 happens is is they're treated with um, very old medications usually old blood pressure medications is, is all that they're offered um, if they happen to have diabetes uh, they'll get some form of glycemic control uh, but it's mainly watchful waiting as, as the disease uh, progresses uh, in some cases uh, physicians will, will try an old steroid just to try to generally stop inflammation uh, and some of the damage that's occurring. Uh, but it really does end up being, uh, in most cases, a, a one-way track towards end-stage disease. Um, and when patients do get end-stage disease, uh, really the, the only thing that, that's out there is, is either dialysis. So they go into a center uh, where they get their blood filtered externally. Um, and that's a, a a treatment that has a lot of morbidity associated with it. Um, People generally feel extremely lousy. Their their blood levels are are, are quite often dysregulated. Um, And it's extremely expensive as well. Um, Last year uh, in in the US alone, uh, about $120 billion was spent uh, treating patients with with end-stage disease. Um, That's the the second biggest line item on the Medicare budget, uh, which as you know, is is the second biggest line item on on the government uh, books, uh, full stop. Um, so it's a, it's a huge problem for, for patients and their families uh, who end up on, on dialysis. Um, and, and it's also a, a huge burden economically for uh, society uh, on top of that. Um, also kind of seldomly talked about is um, dialysis itself as well is, is, is actually has extremely poor outcomes. Um, not only is it expensive, but um, one of our KOLs, our, our key opinion leaders, lo- loves to talk about the fact that um, once a patient ends up on dialysis, their prognosis is actually worse uh, than if you have metastatic cancer. Uh, survival rates are, are around 50% at the five-year mark. Uh, and that gets even worse if you have diabetes and and um, uh, kidney disease as well. So it's a big problem. Uh, some patients do end up with a transplant, but kidneys are, are hard to come by. Uh, and that's also a very difficult uh, medical procedure where um, you're on lifelong immunosuppression you know, afterwards as well. So... Uh, not a perfect outcome um, so a huge problem uh, that affects a lot of people and there's very few good treatment options that are out there
0: while there may be limited therapeutic options today it, it seems there's a lot of activity going on around these diseases why are we seeing so much drug development activity in this area today yeah great great question
1: Danny I think I think it's a really really exciting time uh, for for kidney disease um, as I mentioned one 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 reason is it is a huge problem. So so there's a lot of resources are, are being um, uh, put towards trying to solve kidney disease. Um, but also the, the science is is quickly catching up. Um, the kidney is a very complicated organ. There There's over 30 different cell types. Um, and historically it's been very difficult for clinicians to, to understand what is going on and what is actually driving disease. Um, but over the last, let's say 10 years or so, a lot of groups are starting to apply uh, omics technology. Um, So looking at the the genetic, uh, some of the metabolomic and proteomic dysfunctions that are going on uh, and starting to identify what are those molecular drivers uh, of disease. So it's giving companies like ours the opportunity to uh, be able to tease out actually what's causing disease and then more specifically target it from a a drug development point of view. Um, The other thing that as well that that helps is we're able to to start splitting up the patients into um, it, it, by what's what driving the disease. Um, where in the past, patients were kind of lumped together as chronic kidney disease. And when you're trying to study that in, in a clinical trial, it's very difficult to prove benefit. Um, and so regulators like the FDA have always required these long outcome trials where actually you're showing that you're preventing uh, progression to dialysis or transplant to, to really understand if the drug is creating benefit or not. Uh, but now if you're targeting smaller populations where you can say, oh, it's this genetic dysfunction or this biochemical pathway that's driving disease, you can more selectively um, start studying those patients and then get approval based off of surrogate biomarkers because you know what the clinical course of disease is. Um, so it's really the, the biology that's that's evolving quickly and allowing us to have targeted therapies and have precision medicine uh, that also helps us uh, study the drugs in a more uh, expedient fashion.
0: The kidney is a, a complex organ. I think most people would be surprised to know how many different cell types make it up. Chinook has developed a, a platform for validating targets in kidney disease and it's also working with data datasets of kidney disease patients. What's the process you go through to validate a target? What exactly does your platform enable you to do?
1: Yeah, that, that's a great question, Danny. We're kind of standing on the, the shoulders of, of giants in the field, um, but there is new technology that that, that is evolving. Um, things like single cell RNA sequencing, uh, and one of our academic founders, uh, Ben Humphreys at, at, at the Washington University in St. Louis, um, is one of the pioneers in the use of this technology for uh, uh, in the kidney, and that really allows you to un- understand what cell type is is driving disease, and then within that cell type. Is there a genetic dysfunction or is there some pathway that's dysregulated so you can really understand exactly what's happening and, and so we're employing uh, that type of technology here at uh, at chinook therapeutics um but as well as you point out we've partnered with EvoTech, who uh it's a a european uh, research organization um and they've got access to a, a large cohort of patients out of the uk that thousands of patients um and they've collected tissue and blood samples um uh, so, so plasma and urine samples on, on all of those patients, as well as some biopsies, um, and they can look at those and apply these OMics platforms to, to really understand what are those dysfunctions that are occurring and match them to the clinical data sets historically um, to start identifying, you know, what, what is going on in these patients uh, and what pathways should we be targeting from a drug discovery point of view. So that helps us identify new targets. It helps us validate, Current targets that um, are suspected of being um, uh, responsible for disease progression, and then it also helps us stratify patients uh, for clinical trials to make sure we're we're including the right patients that are most likely to benefit from the drugs that we're developing. Your
0: lead experimental therapy, after a sentence is in development to treat IgA nephropathy. What is IgA nephropathy?
1: Yeah, so, so IgA nephropathy, um, so nephropathy is the kidney, um, is, is actually, it's a very interesting disease and, and exactly kind of the type of disease that we want to go after at Chinook, where it's a, a smaller subset of chronic kidney disease patients. There's probably about 150,000 patients in the U.S. who have uh, this disorder, um, and it's caused by a dysfunction in uh, an immunoglobulin, so part of the immune system um, that everyone has. IgA is... Um, a, a, an antibody uh, that is uh, present in the, in the mucosa, uh, so in your lungs and in your, um, uh, in your um, digestive tract, and it stops um, when, when bacteria come in through, through either your lungs or your digestive system. It's there as the first line of defence. So everybody has IgA. Um, but in patients with IgA nephropathy, um, there is um, a slight mutation that actually causes uh, an, an aberrant sugar to be on that, um, that, that antibody. And what ends up happening is the body recognizes that as being foreign. Um, and it actually ends up causing these immune complexes that end up depositing on the kidney and then causing cellular changes and then inflammation and, and damage. Um, and then the, the kidneys actually end up um, getting fibrotic and inflamed and then um, eventually um, there, there's a, a progressive disease. Um, So we're able to target that because there's a very specific um, pathway that's recognized that we can go after in a very precise way. Um, It's an interesting disease because people are usually diagnosed in their kind of late 20s or or 30s um, and then progress. About half the patients progress to uh, end stage disease in a a 10 to 20 year period. So quite a severe progressive. uh,
0: What, What usually leads to a diagnosis? What brings a patient to a doctor?
1: Yeah. So, so normally, because as I mentioned, it's because of the the, um, the antibody in the mucosa. It's usually um, some sort of a chest infection uh, that occurs that, that probably aggravates the IgA. Um, and then people usually show up because they have blood in the urine. Um, and when there's blood in the urine, that is usually a sign that there's something that's going wrong in the kidney. Um, and so at that point, um, a GP would usually uh, refer them to either a urologist or a nephrologist. And then they can quite quickly make a a diagnosis um, by excluding other factors that usually could cause blood in the urine, physical things. Um, But then they end up uh, doing a kidney biopsy if there uh, is high protein in the urine uh, and and they've excluded all those other factors.
0: Now, what's it like to live with this condition? What's the impact of quality of life on patients?
1: Yeah, so so it is a, a slowly progressing disease. Um, and, and so it is something that um, it isn't highly symptomatic, um, but it is quite worrisome for patients because it is a progressive disease. and uh, patients do know that they're slowly losing their their kidney function um, and that over time um, that, that they will require dialysis or transplant. Um, so it is something that that you know weighs heavily on on, on patients' uh, minds.
0: And what treatment options exist for people? What's the prognosis for? Someone with the disease.
1: Yeah. So, so this is like almost every chronic kidney disease. Um, There's very few treatment options. So patients are are generally put on, you know, 30 or 40 year old uh, blood pressure medications that have been around a a long time. Um, And that seems to help slow patients uh, progression. Um, It does decrease protein in the urine Um, and it it can help in, in about half of the patients. Uh, but in, in the other half of patients, there's, there's really no good treatment options. Uh, physicians reluctantly will use steroids uh, just to try to stop that inflammation and, and disease progression. But they really have not shown to work very well. Um, so there's no approved therapies for IgA nephropathy. Uh, it's really just these older medications that are, are kind of repurposed um, currently.
0: And what is atracentin, your experimental therapy and development for this?
1: Yeah, Atrocent, it's a really exciting program. Um, it, it's an endothelin receptor antagonist. Um, and we came across this because as we mentioned, um, we, we were looking into uh, what causes IgA uh, nephropathy uh, and, and looking at you know, what are some of the drivers of disease. And, and we know this IgA depositing on the kidneys uh, causes changes in, in the cell, cellular architecture. Um, it also causes fibrosis, so scarring in the kidney and then also general inflammation. Um, And we know that endothelin receptor antagonists um, can actually improve uh, across um, that inflammation and fibrosis in the kidney, uh, but also reduce uh, the level of protein that's being uh, excreted, uh, which which itself is known to damage the kidneys. Um, So it's an exciting mechanism that that, um, can can really help uh, slow down disease progression. And, And why we're particularly excited by it uh, is attrasentan as a molecule uh, was previously studied in a large phase three study uh, for actually for diabetic nephropathy, uh, and in over five thousand patients, it was shown to be uh, very well tolerated uh, and did decrease proteinuria. So one of the main signposts of uh, damage in the kidney. So it reduced that by thirty to thirty-five percent in this large trial, and actually did slow uh, the, or, or did slow progression of of kidney disease. Um, so we believe it's a it's a well-studied molecule that has a high probability of of providing benefit for patients with IgA nephropathy. Was that the endpoint for the study? Exactly. Yeah. So so we've just initiated uh, a, a phase three study in IgA nephropathy. So the final study uh, that we believe that that, that, that will uh, provide the data we need to to register um, the the drug uh, with with the FDA. Um, and it's a, a, a roughly a 320 patient study uh, where the, the primary endpoint is looking at reduction in proteinuria uh, at a six month time point. Uh, and we believe that with that data, uh, we will be able to get accelerated approval with the FDA.
0: In terms of the timing of this, what when might you expect if all goes well to be able to seek an approval?
1: Yeah, so so currently we're, we're just enrolling the study now. We, we just, um, got the IND, so the approval from the FDA, to to start the study um, early this year. Um, And so we are enrolling patients now. Um, It does take some time because this is a a somewhat rare disease uh, to fully recruit the the trial. Um, But we right now we're anticipating having uh, that registrational data at some point in 2023. um, And then we'll follow all the the usual um, uh, filing procedures to, to be on the market after that.
0: You're also looking at atrosentin as a potential treatment for glomerular disease. What are glomerular diseases?
1: Yeah, so the glomerulus is um, is the part of the, the kidney that actually uh, filters uh, the blood to, to into into urine. And what happens in a lot of these diseases is there there's uh, some sort of a dysregulation in that filtration um, uh, uh, process that actually ends up breaking down that filtration barrier. Um, and that does happen in IgA uh, nephropathy, and that's why you get uh, this proteinuria in the, protein in the urine, so proteinuria, um, because the, that filtration barrier actually becomes leaky and lets through bigger particles that, than it should, and then that protein actually causes damage. Um, and one of the, the, the aspects of the mechanism of um, endothelin receptor antagonist, which is atracentin, uh, is it can slightly decrease the, the pressure uh, that is um, uh, occurring in that filtration barrier. Um, and so you actually get, get less protein flowing through. Um, so all of these diseases, and, and there's several glomerular diseases um, that, that, that all we believe can benefit from the mechanism of atracentin So IgA nephropathy is, is uh, the, the main one that we're looking at, uh, but we're also studying uh, several others um, there's FSGS, which is focal segmental glomerulosclerosis, uh, which is also a severe rare disease affecting about 40,000 patients in the US uh, that we believe can benefit from atrocentin. Uh, and then also another uh, rare disease called Alport syndrome, uh, which is uh, another glomerular uh, disease that we believe uh, can benefit from atrocentin.
0: I should note you have a, a second drug in development for IgA nephropathy. What is it, and, and how does it differ from
1: atrocentin? Yeah, great, great question. Um, so, so yeah, we are studying uh, Bion thirteen oh one. So, as I mentioned, atrocentin actually acts uh, in the kidney uh, directly on some of that the cell proliferation, the pressure in the kidney that has some hemodynamic effects, and then also fibrosis and, um, uh, and 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 inflammation. Uh, where thirteen oh one actually we believe can have uh, disease-modifying potential. Um, as I mentioned, IgA nephropathy is caused by this um, uh, aberrantly glycosylated, so uh, an antibody with uh, a, a mislabeled sugar that actually is is the cause of the disease because it's recognized as foreign and, and it ends up being attacked by the, the, the body's own immune system. Now, bion 1301 uh, targets um, a molecule that actually creates that IgA. Um, So we believe by taking away that root cause of the disease that we can actually prevent the progression uh, of of IgA nephropathy. Um, So it's a very exciting program. Uh, We're in phase one right now where we had, uh, we studied healthy volunteers and reported some data last year showing that you do get big drops in this apparently glycosylated IgA. Um, So we believe taking away the root cause And then we reported some preliminary data earlier this year um, in a small subset of IgA nephropathy patients uh, showing the same lowering of of this um, disease-causing IgA, uh, but also uh, significant drops in proteinuria, uh, which we believe shows that uh, it will have benefit in the disease. Um, So we believe these two mechanisms are are complementary. Uh, maybe potentially at one point could be used in combination uh, or in different types of patients with IgA nephropathy to provide benefit. Um, so we're really excited by by both compounds. And do you
0: expect to be building your own sales force, or are you going to take these to market with partners?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a really good question. I think at Chinook, we, we definitely have ambitions of becoming the leading company addressing kidney disease. Uh, There are not very many companies actually who are specializing and focusing on this area. We think there's a lot of opportunity. Uh, We believe with our pipeline, with Atracentin and and 1301, uh, that we, and and then some of our research programs that are still preclinical, that we have the ability to have uh, the industry-leading pipeline for kidney disease. Uh, We also believe we can translate that into being a a fully vertical company. Uh, And so we do plan to commercialize um, at least in North America and likely in in Europe as well, uh, with our own sales force, we think that the nephrology community is 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 you know it's fairly small. Uh, so we believe that we we could build out our own capabilities to to commercialize uh, the drugs on our own.
0: Tom Frolick, Chief Operating Officer of Chinook Therapeutics. Tom, thanks so much for your time today.
1: Great. thanks so much. It was a pleasure, Danny.